Message from Starfleet Command, top priority. You are listening to the Trek Ranks Podcast, a member of the Tricorder Transmissions Podcast Network. This is episode 163, featuring the top five stargazing moments. Welcome, Star Trek fans. I am Jim Morehouse, and I'm the host of the Trek Race Podcast. And tonight, we have a very special episode for you. Tonight, we are outside in an open field, or maybe on the observation deck of a starship. And tonight, we're just gazing at the stars as we break down our top five stargazing moments. This is a fantastic topic. I'm super excited. And joining us tonight for this special event we have two fantastic guests first up returning for her 19th overall appearance on trek ranch she's normally a grease monkey during the dirty work down in engineering but tonight she'll be stargazing <laughs> with us it's our friend jen tiff nice change of pace yeah <laughs> hey yeah. jim <laughs> get out of get out of the uh the, the pit there and right, uh, right. look at some stars all out right out of the tubes for a minute yeah. you know <laughs> right. look, at, look at some stars <laughs> out of the tubes rutherford <laughs> and back for her second appearance it's the perfect guest for this topic she's the mistress of the winter constellations and an absolute <laughs> expert on stargazing it's science and social phenom swapna krishna welcome back swapna Thank you. I'm very excited to be back. I am excited to have you on. Okay, so full disclosure, we're doing this cool topic because Swapna has a book coming out called Stargazing. What's it called? Stargazing, Contemplate the Cosmos to Find Inner Peace. And when I saw this on Twitter, I was like, holy crap, top five stargazing moments. What a great topic. I'm going to see if uh, I can get that into the schedule. And we made it work. So yes. Swapna, tell us a little we bit did. about your book. Is, is it? It's dry, It's coming out in August? August. Yep. August 8th. It's a little, it's just like a little gift book. It's kind of a, it's part of a series called pocket nature and it's supposed to, the idea is it's supposed to like fit in your pocket and it's a, uh, it's intended to basically help people connect with the cosmos, with nature and with the stars and space, um, all in this little book. And so, you know, I'm a science writer, so I, I packed it full of science, but it's also about like mindfulness and connection and kind of self accept. There's a lot about like self acceptance and stuff like that, which is stuff I struggle with that I put into this book. So I'm very excited about it. And I'm very excited about this topic too. Okay. We'll see how it intertwines. I, you know, I love, I have a telescope. I love looking at the stars. I do it all the time. I don't know shit about the stars. People I just like, <laughs> that was bright. Oh, what does my little computer app say that is? Oh, okay. It's, whatever i can't even, can't even make up a fake name so uh i can't wait to read it and, and get it and use it as a reference sounds like it's the perfect place for me to start and get a little bit smarter i, I hope so, I, hope so. <laughs> I think it will be all right this is gonna be awesome let's get into our quick trek ranks recalibration you can recalibrate the regulators now will do Okay, the Trek Ranks Charter has two clauses. We rank Treks. So we can have a fun conversation about Star Trek. And two, the ranks don't matter. We just use them as the framework to have a deep dive conversation about all the things we love about Trek. Because as Mr. Spock himself has said, our show is all about... Infinite diversity in infinite combinations, symbolizing the elements that create truth and beauty. There are no wrong answers at Trek Ranks. This show's about sharing the things we love about Trek, and we love it all from TOS to TNG, straight through to Enterprise and the Kelvin timeline. Now, Discovery, Picard, Strange New World, Short Treks, Lower Decks, and Prodigy as well. It's all fair game here on the Trek Ranks podcast. Black Alert. 
Black Alert. And a reminder that this episode of Trek Ranks is current through the Star Trek Strange New World second season episode, uh, sixth episode of the season, Lost in Translation, which is the 889th episode of Star Trek across the past 57 years. And one final reminder, we use episodes as our shorthand term, but the 13 films are always in play as well. Hailing frequencies open. Thank you, Mr. Worf. You can hail me directly on Twitter at Trek Ranks or at Enterprise N Extra, since Enterprise Extra is now in Twitter jail. And you can see our extensive rankings of all the tracks at trekranks.com. And don't forget, to, you can call and leave us a message with your own picks at 609-512-LLAP. That's 609-512-5527. Okay, to wrap it up, Jen and Swap now, let everyone know how they can get a hold of you on subspace. Jen. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Ida Quarks. Edith works not in Twitter jail. Swap. How about you? <laughs> I am on Twitter at and Instagram at as Krishna, TikTok at Swabna underscore Krishna, because I talk a lot about space over there. And YouTube channel is called Ad Astra. And Mastodon and Threads. Yes, and I'm on every, literally every social network. Name another one like, that I don't know what they're called. It's like Blue five, Sky. Blue, no, Blue Sky. Yeah, there's another one. Bill like, is a new one. Oh, yeah. One, but I don't know what to do with. I'm on every I single one. Every okay. single one. Brilliant. Okay. I think. I'm waiting for all you guys to work out which one's the best. And then I'll try yes. oh my god. I'm happy to test them all out and just report back. I love it. All right. We're going to skip our diagnostic cycle this week and jump straight into our prime directives. I'm dying to hear how everyone compiled their lists. Do they know about prime directive? They know everything I know, sir. And you're about to know everything we know about our prime directive. So really quick before we start, stargazing could literally mean anything in Star Trek, right? I mean, almost every time you turn on the view screen or look at an L cars in Star Trek, you're technically you're stargazing at some point. So I feel like this topic is wide open with with everything from, you know, actually being outside looking at the stars or maybe plotting a course for the ship, or maybe it's a scene in stellar cartography, or, or it could be something to do with the Stargazer. Heck, there's a whole episode called The Stargazer in Star Trek Picard Season 2. This topic is wide open. So, Jen, let's start with you. How did you define your prime directive and lock down your list? Okay, well, my scientific life is on the opposite side of stargazing it's the looking at really small things subatomic level (laughs) things you know um so it's the complete opposite of stargazing and i thought about when i stargaze you know i I like i enjoy stargazing and i think about like i'm like you jim i don't know as much about about the cosmos as i could i'm an amateur uh but I, I appreciate the, the the science and the beauty of it, but for whatever reason, you know, it just makes me think, it, ma- it makes me look internal, you know, it makes me think about, about myself and it makes me think about, you know, the other people around me and, and things like that, for whatever reason, it gets me very introspective, you know? So I thought about those moments of stargazing in Star Trek that are more about the human connection. You know, about how how for for whatever reason, you know, looking at the stars like connects us as 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 people and and that aspect of it, you know, a little bit bit of not appreciating the beauty and the science, but also then applying that to uh how we interact with each other. Wow, that sounds deep. That sounds like <laughs> uh, a chapter in Swapna's book, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> That okay, that sounds really cool. I have one of my picks that I think really aligns with that. So this is cool. That sounds fantastic. Swapna, how about you? How did you kind of carve through it? 
It's so funny because this is why Jen and I are friends because <laughs> mine is very similar. And I think we're both science people. So I think it, yeah. uh, it, it, it helps with that. But my, uh, my relationship with the stars, I feel like I've had kind of this like personal relationship with the stars since I was a kid. And it's all about like kind of the science on one side, because the science is, that's what I do. That's what, you know, that's what yeah. you know, drives me, but there's also the emotional connection. And it's, it, that is my relationship with the stars. It's my relationship with Star Trek. It's like the science and the like engineering and the hard stuff. That's like really cool. But it's also like the emotional, like, you know, kind of cheesy stuff that it makes us feel connected and like the Federation and all that. And so my prime director was really balancing that emotional connection and the scientific aspects of it. Like I love Star Trek because it um, taught me about science and it got me interested in science as a young age. And it's the reason I have the career I do now, but it's also, you know, I have an emotional connection to these things and I, I do get very, I do. It is very personal for me. It's very emotional for me. So yeah, it's very similar to Jen's. I can't wait to read your book. <laughs> Thank <That> you. Sounds- <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. That's, I love this. This is, this is, this is going to be so good. I, mine's similar. I, my, the personal connection for me is a, is a, the connection with Star Trek, right? All my five picks are very like ingrained in Star Trek's ethos. And uh, I don't know, just the, the things you think about when you think about Star Trek are are a part of my five picks. And as I was going through it at a long list, I went deep cuts. So I have like mm. five, I don't have any heavy hitters. There's like, there's like, I mean, there's two heavy hitters that we'll talk about in secondary systems that are just massive that I'm wondering if they'll be picked. Because they're so massive that they they I could they'd be totally make sense if they weren't picked. And then I as I was going through it too, I wanted five really distinct things. They're all very different types of ways to look at stargazing, some very literal, some very personal and not literal. And then I picked five different series. Somehow it worked out where I was going through mm-hmm. it and I had five different series. So I kind of mine's a pretty broad, broad scope here for stargazing in Trek. Okay. This is going to be fantastic. Let's do it. Third Ramadaclon, introduce us to the order of things. I am a Jem'Hadar. He is a Vorta. It is the order of things. Thank you, Third Ramadaclon. As always, everyone will start with their five-word summary and a hashtag to tease their pick. Then we'll each reveal our stargazing moment and the reasons we're highlighting it. And, of course, everyone will pick an episode to associate with that pick. And after getting through five rounds of picks... We'll then get a few secondary system selections from everyone. And remember, if we have any duplicate picks, make sure you listen for the Defiant Torpedoes. Okay, Jen, we're going to start with you. What's your number five pick for your top five stargazing moments? Okay, we're going to begin at the beginning here. My five words, a human custom Vulcan style, hashtag a fitting tribute. This is Enterprise, season two, episode 24, First Flight. Ooh. And I picked this episode because... Oh, right. Of course. Well, there's there's some really it's cool signs. It's the subplot. Or not subplot, but yeah. Well, it, I, it's the framing of Of course. The framing the of, the, of the story that you think about with First Flight is that's there's a brilliant pick. Yeah. Go so they, <laughs> they find what they believe to be a dark matter nebula, the first one, the first time that the human, that humans or Vulcans will have seen such a thing uh close hand and and 
And Archer has even found a way, like he has a, a, there was an experiment that Vulcans did that they could use metrion particles to, to excite the dark matter into visibility. And so, so, so him and T'Pol go off, you know, she's skeptical as always. Um, And they, and they go off to, to, on an away mission to uh, try to see a dark matter nebula, uh, which is so really cool, you know, stargazing. Uh, they have, you know, they, they keep trying. They have these these charges of metrion particles, and it's their last try. And and they they you know they they shoot them out, and 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 the nebula appears. And it's again, you know, Enterprise is pretty good with the, the CGI, and you know, and and it's beautiful. And they both have this the acting. Oh, our our Scott Bakula in this episode, it, like his his facial expressions. He's the wonder and the joy, and and to Paul goes to you know check the sensors, and he's like, no, 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 just watch. It's you know just enjoy and watch, and the wonder, you know. So you get that aspect of 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 the stargazing. But the reason I picked this, the reason why this was elevated to a pick, is because the very end, because like you said, this isn't really about the nebula; it's about the story of the first flight, and. You know, Arch before they leave, Archer gets some bad news that that his his friend slash rival slash you know partner in the very beginning of of making the NX01, uh, Ag Robinson had had passed away in an accident, and then that's why we get this story of of how Archer came to be the captain of the first you know deep space uh, vessel, and at the very end, uh, they they come back to the NX01 and and. To Paul says, "Oh, it's a you know, it's a human custom. I know to uh, name you know that you since you were the one to discover it, you get to name it. What do you, you know?" And Ar- Archer's like, "Oh, what about the T'Pol Archer Nebula?" And it's T'Pol the Vulcan who says, "How about the Robinson Nebula?" I love it, and I just it, it just it gets me for so many reasons because it, it Enterprise in particular, since it's our first time out in deep space, they're there representing all of humanity you know, and they're representing us. Like, like we, we see this wonder. We'll never get to go to deep space like this, you know, and part of the joy of watching enterprise is getting to see them experience things like this cool nebula that no one's ever seen before, you know? And, and even though Robinson, AG Robinson never made it to space, he was a big part of why they're out there. And it, it was, it's fitting that he has this nebula named after him and having the Vulcan suggest that, especially, you know, to, to Paul's to su- suggesting that knowing, I mean, that's, that's a very, that's not very, that's not a very logical thing to do. You know what right, I mean? Right. It's, it's, a, it's a very emotional thing to do. I believe there's a human custom that says when you discover something of merit, you earn the right to name it. What would you suggest? The T'Pol Archer Nebula? I was thinking the Robinson Nebula would be more appropriate. It's just such a lovely moment. And, and I ha- it had to be on my list. It's I got nothing to add. It's perfect. I mean, the, I was gonna say, yeah, I'm mad at myself for not thinking of this episode, <laughs> and it's not on my long list because it is perfect. You're right. It, it frames it perfect, and the to Paul suggests the Ag Robinson mm-hmm, Nebula is mm-hmm. ah so good. It's just the perfect like balance of like emotion and human connection and science. Like you mm-hmm. are totally right. As soon as you said first flight, I was kind of trying to think of. For I went straight to the scenes on earth and then oh yeah right. of course the framing of this is that beautiful beautiful setup oh my god this is awesome pick well well encapsulated there jen i love it um perfect pick 
Okay, Swapna, how about you? What's your number five pick? All right, my one number five, I would say it's a deep cut, but it's not, it's it's a little bit of a deep cut. Okay, yep. my five words is the ship is a star, hashtag Daniel Day Kim. Yeah. Oh, this is a deep cut. I like Blink this. of an I mean, eye. I mean, it's the <laughs> most popular episode, one of the most popular episodes ever, but it's a deep cut for this. Yeah, it's Voyager season six, episode 12. Um, This is a deep cut for me personally, because I forgot this episode existed, I'll be honest. And I'm doing a Voyager rewatch right now. Yeah, no, I forgot. This has never been one I've rewatched. This is never like, I have the like episodes I go through when, you know, like when I'm like feeling like I'm like, I just want to watch Voyager. I have my go-to episodes and I'll branch out every once in a while on this. I just, I forgot about this episode until I rewatched it, uh, like maybe last month when in my Voyager rewatch, and I was like, "The it's a great episode, great acting, and it's such a good, just like pure sci-fi premise, like so exactly like what it's. I don't want to say it's a perfect episode because that's putting a lot of like a, a kind of a burden on it, but it's a really just great sci-fi premise. So the premise is. Voyager encounters this planet that's spinning super fast on its axis and it gets stuck. So basically they become a part of the night, the sky, the, um, the ship becomes like a star in the night sky. And every second on the ship is something like three days on the planet. And so they watch the entire rise of this civilization from like the stone age to like space travel. And eventually Daniel Day Kim plays an astronaut who comes up to Voyager um, to see like what they're doing because the ship has been in their sky and it's like inspired the civilization to like go to space and to, you know, it's been like a, you know, in their stories and in their legends. And I think, it's such a cool, it's just such a cool story. And I love the idea that like this astronaut who looked up at the stars as a kid and saw this ship in the sky got to go there and, you know, change the course of his people's, you know, civilization and existence by, you know, by like going to the sky ship and meeting these people. And then he ends up saving Voyager because he figure he goes back to his people and explains their situation and because they have you know hundreds of years they figure out how to get voyager out of their atmosphere or out of you know their planet's orbit and it's just it's such a cool episode and i i i just love and there's some really just fun stargazing scenes on the planet through the like eons of time you know in very different times very different people that like they're looking up the sky and looking up at the star that is Voyager in the sky. And I just, I think it's just, it's just really cool. Yeah, this is perfect. I mean, it's such a great, I mean, I know Jen, it's your favorite Voyager episode, right? My and favorite it, Star Trek episode. Oh my God. Really? Yeah, I did not know that at all. It's number one on my Voyager list too. It's one of my all time favorites. I just like, it's like one of those, I forgot. Like, cause I, when I rewatch Voyager too, I have this tendency to do, um, I just, I don't, I don't go, I feel like season six is not a season. Generally, I rewatch a lot, not because it's bad by any stretch. It's great, but it just, you know, I just don't think of the episodes when, and like, so like I'm, this rewatch is like really opening my eyes again to how good of a show it is. Star of the night, star, star of, of the day, day. <laughs> come, come to, to take, take my, my tears away. <laughs> star of the night, star of the day. Come to take my tears away. 
Make my life always bright. It's a child's prayer. To Voyager? Yes. I hope you're not disappointed. How often does your very first dream come true? Of course I'll help you. Uh, okay, it's a it's a it's a Trek rank staple this episode, to say the least. Yeah, that's I I I couldn't pick it just because I've picked it so you many times. You picked it too many before. times. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I could my, pick it for you. So my, I'm so it. glad it's on. Yeah, because, because also you know list. Daniel Day Kim is not hard to look at. Oh no, no. he's <laughs> no. We should just throw in him as a mako too. Yes, yeah. So I'm like I had to hashtag him because oh my lord. Yeah, I, I disagree so much. My my hashtag would have been like, I'm picking it again. So what? Deal with it. You know, yeah. <laughs> so that's why I didn't pick it. But the ending shot we have to mention of yes, old Gatana Retz yep. yes. sitting on the hill. Yes. And finally getting getting to see Voyager finally, you know, leave orbit and and just the the culmination of not just his life of of gazing up at the stars, you know, at at, at uh, Voyager, but just you know his whole the whole history of his, his people and it's just it's such a lovely moment it's one of my all-time favorite ending shots yeah it's a classic it's so beautiful it's what a great episode i'm it, it belongs on this list perfect uh opening round here okay let's do my number five pick i love this one this one's a little bit off the beaten track five words and a hashtag Script signatures above the stars, hashtag second star to the right. And it is Star Trek VI, the undiscovered country. And it's the finale, the end. Basically, this is the end of TOS as we know it on screen. And it's a little bit of a three for one. So I immediately thought of the signatures over the stars. And to me, that's it's stargazing boy watching those names appear oh, in the in that setting a is, double meaning but I love it. but there's three there's also three elements here so there's there's this iconic shot of the enterprise and excelsior going towards kittimer and the sun is rising behind the planet and then the excelsior kind of peels off to the right just incredible shot and then you have so that's one then you have the crew on board the enterprise the bridge seeing them for the last time and of course kirk gives the command from peter pan uh, second star to the right straight on till morning and then we get the final of course the the captain's log handoff from kirk to the tng crew and we see george takei michelle nichols walter koenig james duhan DeForest Kelly, Leonard Nimoy, and William Shatner's signatures above the stars as TOS ends. And, of course, the score from Cliff Adelman. So that's Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, my stargazing. Number five pick, Jen, what's your take on this one? I love the double meaning of stargazing that you used there. (laughs) Yeah. Like, why is it so interesting to watch these signatures appear on the screen every single time like i sit there mesmerized (laughs) by the combination of the star field and these signatures showing up it's just it's iconic it's beautiful and it's a great outside the box pick yeah this is my favorite um star trek movie like star trek six is my favorite and this is one of my favorite moments of that movie so i totally agree um i think it's the music that really like 
does it for me yeah. and just oh, so it is so emotional for me because like they're saying goodbye we're saying good like it's oh i'm gonna start crying I mean, it's 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 beautiful and yeah. i love the like the way that the second started to the right straight all straight on till morning it's, it's so, good. so good it's so, so good. good it's the last time we see them all together oh. <laughs> okay that's not the only thing i'm gonna cry over okay round four jen what do you got okay my round four pick don't know what you got hashtag the void this is voyager season five episode one night oh and pick (laughs) so the most this episode is basically about the absence of being able to stargaze no stars (laughs) no stars zero stars are in this this desolate area of space where there's literally nothing and they think they're going to have to make it two years with nothing and uh you know when we when we see them in this episode it's only been two months and everybody's about to you know lose it and uh and it's a lot and it's because you know missing that you know not having that connection being completely utterly a million percent alone and this episode has some lovely things in it. Like it's got Captain Proton, which is fun. You know, it's got the Malon, which I love. And I think that they're an underrated villain. Right. Uh, but, but the moment of start, you know, it's got the time to take out the garbage. I, line, take out just, the garbage. I love it. I never get sick of that. Uh, but, but, but the stargazing moment, the very end, just the so beautiful, beautiful moment, they find, they go through the vortex and, you know, and, and, and for some reason, you know, even the doctor and Bolana are on the bridge, you know what I mean? Cause this is like, everyone can experience this moment. And, uh, you know, and Paris like, I think I see something. I think, I, you know. And and finally, like all the stars come into view, and there's a very beautiful shot at the end of the you know just the gorgeous, very very occupied region of space that they've entered, um, and you could just feel the relief, you know, the sense of relief and the sense of calm, and you know that that they're that they're back uh, in the st- amongst the stars, and it's such a lovely moment. Uh, but also in this episode, I do want to mention one more scene. Which is which is Tuvok and Seven and Astrometrics and um, you know and and someone's you know basically what are you doing here and 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 he makes a joke only the way Tuvok can make a joke. Uh, the view from my quarters has been less than stellar lately, <laughs> which is really funny. Um, but he says something that that always sticks with me and it sticks with me when I stargaze. Now he says. Uh, you know, because he, he says that the reason he's in astrometrics looking at at you know pictures of stars is because it, it helps him meditate. You know, he does his Vulcan meditation there, uh, and and he says, uh, "I imagine that each star represents a, a single thought," and I just love the, the the way of thinking about 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 it like that. You know, because that's because geez, when I look at the stars, like I said, you, know, you get introspective and you start thinking about a million different things, and 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 try to try to think like Tuvok thinks of trying to trying to see it all laid out in the star field like all your thoughts and you can lay it out in a better way than the jumble in your brain you know and like it just it stargazing has that effect on you and i just i just always thought that was such a lovely sentiment so that's why it's on my list i can hear echoes of the void playing in my head right now <laughs> from harry kim uh brilliant pick i love this i love this pick sir relax ensign anything's reporting not even a stray electron. But I did finish writing my concerto. I call it Echoes of the Void. Got a minute? Too many, in fact. Tell me what you think. 
Swapna, what's your take on night and this emergence? I love this pick for so many reasons. I love like kind of the inverse, like the loss of stars and like for this theme, like what that does, you know, what that does, you know, to this crew. And I also love because, you know, I didn't even, it's funny that this, I didn't even think about it, but like my book, part of the book, there are meditations in there about like looking at the stars and meditating and like meditations you can do when, and, and I, it's not, exactly the same as two bucks but it's a similar idea and so like I probably was like in the back of my mind inspired by (laughs) him in this episode and I didn't even like make that connection I love it yeah it's awesome time to take out the garbage (laughs) so great Uh, the uh, Malon man I love to hate the Malon the freighter is moving to combat the aliens they're trying to distract the Malon give us the upper hand 10 seconds the freighter's shields are weakening target their cargo hold Time to take out the garbage. All right, Swapna, what's your round four pick? My round four pick is my five words are stellar cartography is absolutely breathtaking, (laughs) though it's not my favorite movie. My round four pick is Star Trek Generations, specifically for the stellar cartography. Excellent. Oh my God. I I thought about this one and I'm so glad you picked it. Like Generations is not my favorite movie. It's not something I rewatch a lot, but this scene is worth so beautiful. It's so beautiful, and I think it really does encapsulate our emotion versus science that we're talking about, because literally they're talking about science, trying to figure out where the nexus is going. Picard and Data are sitting there, and, you know, what happens if you take out, you know, what happens if you destroy the star? And then Data basically has an emotional breakdown (laughs) in the middle of the scene because of his emotions, Chip, and I just, I think it's a really nice encapsulation of that the kind of my prime directive that I was, um, you know, that I had in mind when I was choosing episodes. And I I think this scene is just so visually stunning. And I really want a stellar cartography in my house so I can right? do that oh my science God. there. Especially that one. It's so cool. So right? this, was, this was on my secondary systems. I I love, you, you said it because they're, they're stargazing, literally looking at Star and they're fi- and it's like that classic Star Trek scene, right? Where they're talking yes. about something important, Data's emotions, mm-hmm. but they're also like solving, they're sciencing this problem, and they're extrapolating the math on, oh, what if we move this? What if we move this? Oh, it's a straight shot. So I have a pick that falls into this category because it's one of my favorite things in Star Trek. But I'm so glad you picked this one because I definitely yeah. was thinking about it as well, but put it down. Uh, to my secondary systems, Jen, what's your take on this stellar cartography? Oh, I love it so much. I didn't even think of it. it it's such a gorgeous set. Oh, so gorgeous! So gorgeous, and and just the 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 gra- again the like the graphics of the this you know sciency bits. Are, it's are, amazing. Are it's really incredible. really good. Yeah, and uh, and you're and you're right. I love Trek is best when it's sciencing and feeling at yes, the same time. I agree. You know? And I do love how like new trek has really embraced this movie i really appreciate when they take everything not like they don't try to sugarcoat the stuff that maybe wasn't as well received they're just like no this is this is i love that they've done that and this episode's super important to picard seasons two and three and so like in his journey and so i'm just i don't know i like it it, the amazing thing about that effect and that scene and just i mean it's that movie upgrade right in, in terms of like from TV to this to right. film, but 
and even though it's you can if you look at it, it's like a product of its time where there's like a beam in the middle because they couldn't do the screen across the world. <laughs> and so there's all these things. None of it matters. It's no, nope, it doesn't it stands matter. the test of time for 25 nope. years. It's beautiful and it's gorgeous to look at. I love it. So good. Okay. Round. Oh, it's my round four pick. All right. Well, we I was gonna, I forgot to ask if we thought we were gonna have any duplicates. We are. <laughs> Five words and a hashtag. Theta radiation occludes the stars. Yes. Time to take out the garbage. <laughs> yes. All right, well, yes. All right. It's Voyager emerging from the void. We already talked about it. I'll just say that exact same page, Jen. That final mm-hmm. moment where, I mean, the whole episode is just a perfect it's a really good episode about depression and the yeah. things you and work and the things you have to kind of deal with and navigate in life and that final moment where they jump through that portal and emerge that that's just one of the most beautiful starscapes in mm-hmm. the history of star trek it's brilliantly executed and i mean this is a brandon Bragg and joe manowski script david livingston did the direction and just as there's like one little star that that Tom Paris sees, and then mm-hmm. and then yeah. Janeway asks Harry what she sees. He says, "I see a densely packed region with thousands of star systems. Looks pretty lively. So uh, really I cool. love it. Really cool. Fantastic. All right, let's end round four and go to the soup round. Round three, Jen. What do you got? Behold the primordial soup. Okay, lightening the the mood with the soup round here. <laughs> okay. um, five words and a hashtag." Unexpected sequel with familiar lobes. Hashtag three frangs for the next verse. This is Voyager season three, episode five, False Prophets. Oh my and- God. Oh <laughs> I, my God. You're I know. False <laughs> I know this isn't everybody's favorites, but I get a kick out of this episode. I, I think it's, I think it's funny. I love the fact that they just randomly decided to follow up. Yeah. On TNG's The Price, <laughs> uh, where these two Ferengis, you know, go through the Barzan wormhole and and who knows where they went. Well, guess what? Now we know, in case your inquiring minds were wondering, they went to the Delta Quadrant. Oh, <laughs> Which I just what a, what a just a lovely way, you know, to to connect uh connect Voyager to the greater Star Trek universe when they're stuck in this far off, you know, <laughs> far off quadrant. But the reason that I picked the stargazing moment, I mean, th- there well, there's some cool wormhole science, you know, because they have to polarize the instability and, and we get more particles. We get verdron particles, which are always fun, you know? Uh, so there's there's some good star, uh, some some good sciencey bits there. But the stargazing part, so these the, Ferengis. The song the, of the sages? The song of the sages. So <laughs> the Ferengis, in, ca- in case you're un- you're unfamiliar with the, this episode, the, the Ferengis, uh, you know, from the Alpha Quadrant, they crash on this planet and, of course, they exploit it. And uh, they exploited the local population's legends and mythologies. Uh, there was a song of the, the song of the sages, where you know the sages will, will come from a fiery you know chariot above or whatever you know whatever it is, and and so they took advantage of that. And uh, and there's some nice prime directive stuff here because uh, you know Janeway and the rest of the crew are like, well, okay, well, what do we do here? Like, is this a prime? Like, should we not interfere with their society? Because the, you know the Frankies aren't part of the Federation. Um, but at the same time, you know it's kind of our fault. You know they 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 decide that they take on some responsibility since the Federation hosts it, the uh, 
you know, the negotiations of the bars and wormhole in the price. Um, but they, they also say like, well, if we just take away these, you know, the society's gods, basically the frame your gods to them, then that that'll, you know, cause a lot of instability and chaos in the society. So, so they pay the free, <laughs> well, they don't pay three francs for the next verse. They, they pay with shoes, which is a funny bit, reoccurring bit in the episode that they, they have right. to barter with their shoes um, to get the rest of the verses of, of the, the song of the sages and the, the rest of the verse goes. And there amid the Eastern lights, three new stars appeared that night. Uh, and then they talk about how then the you know the sages ride away on on wings of fire. So, so but it's 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 really nice because they 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 so they're like okay we're going to uh, to make this part of the song and sages come true. So then you know when they go away it's part of their legend so they'll be okay. Uh, but they use proton bursts to make the three stars, the three new stars appear. You know, Neelix dresses a Ferengi and he's, he says, I'm the holy pilgrim of the Song of Sages and then, you know, crickets chirp and no one cares. And then he's like, oh, look, you know, the three new stars and and then everyone takes notice and it actually ends up working too well uh, because then the the uh, the locals take the wings of fire to mean that they should they should burn the holy sages. <laughs> you know? uh, but it, it's fun. It, it's just funny but it's also just a fun connection to the, you know, to TNG. Um, but, but, but just the, everyone looking up at the three, you know, the three new stars, the three photon bursts, just, it's a neat thing to do with a starship, you know, to like make it look like three new stars appeared. Um, there's a great shot at the end in the sky of, you know, you see the ship flashing across the sky and the, the guy's like, look, the Holy ones are going home. You know? <laughs> it's just, it's just fun. It's just pure fun, and I just love that they use the the stargazing. The stargazing part of it is 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 an, a very it is an important part to the plot. So I think that's fun. Well, um, the, the Holy Pilgrim would love this pick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, I I, get, I took me a second. I'm like false prophets. Oh yeah, the whole final act is this <laughs> yeah, whole yeah. this whole con game with the with the stars i love it swap any take on false prophets <laughs> i have this would never one of them never occurred to me Dude. but i really i love i love it i think i think it's such a creative pick and like i like that even in the sil- kind of silly episodes there's like cool science and right. you know, stuff like that i think it's great i just uh i love that the friend get home and boys are still stuck there so. i know <laughs> I don't I love that. I don't love that. I don't All love right. that part. <laughs> All right. Swapna, what's your round three pick? Um, okay. So my five words is home is in the stars, hashtag dreaming of space. And this is one of the heavy hitters, probably um, next generation season four, episode two family. Yes. Because of that final scene Thanks. where yes. Renee Picard is sitting against a tree and stargazing um i i went i had a lot of trouble narrowing i only wanted to pick one kind of picard stargazing episode and there's an entire (laughs) season of picard that feels like it's about like just look up like it's a it's a you know Picard season two and jim i think you and i like that season more than a lot of people um me too me too (laughs) okay so so okay so it's all of us like i actually really i like Picard season two. Um, so I I really uh went back and forth on what to pick, but I went with family for a few reasons. Um, it's just the that image is really powerful to me because it's a lot mm-hmm. of people. It was me as a kid. I think it's a lot of people. 
um, sympathize so much about like trying to get out of your small town or what feels really small and see the wider world and wanting something kind of bigger and brighter for yourself and also but kind of not recognizing the beauty in a simpler life and a beauty in maybe, you know, staying closer to home, which I didn't recognize when I was younger. And now I think I appreciate a lot more. Um, and then on another kind of note, like just this, the serialized storytelling in this, this is, I think one of the first times that next gen and the franchise in general did this kind of like serialized storytelling where they followed up on an emotional like trauma because like, I feel like these, these characters, undergo emotional trauma week after week and then they're fine the next week and we you know we know why we know about you know 90s tv and that they didn't want uh rick berman and didn't want um you know serialized storytelling and runberry didn't but uh yeah i think this is powerful for a lot of reasons but really it's just that final scene yeah this is one of the two that i of the heavy hitters that i was yeah was wondering if it would get picked. I'm so glad it did. I was kind of resigned, like, okay, it's probably not going to get picked. It's too big. I'm so glad you picked it. It's yeah, like literally, it is the literal stargazing. It's, I mean, it's the definition of it. And you know, for uh, Robert, just to say, ah, let him, let him stay. Let up him there dream. With his dreams. Yeah, with I know. Oh, so so beautiful. It's great. I think this was. This was just picked on one of our recent episodes. Oh yeah, it was a one-off relatives, and we've been uh, Debbie oh, Maltzanti yeah. picked uh, picked beautiful Renee uh, Jen. Any any strong feelings on this at all? <laughs> yes, I think it's lovely how this is the one and only time that we see Renee Picard, and we're just just left to imagine the wonderful life he must have had. Yes, yeah. uh, you know, traveling amongst the stars after yes, graduating Starfleet Academy. That's right. what happened. Yes, hundred percent. Thank you. You and I are on the same I love page. That. <laughs> Well, at least his uh, previous namesake, Renee Picard, uh, yes, turns yes. out was a save the world. So, yeah. oh, just a, it's a lovely moment and a, just a beautiful image. Like that last, that's that's oh. another one that just that ending shot is just. There's perfect. a reason everybody loves oh. family. I mean, it's a perfect episode. It's just incredible. So, so good. Uh, okay. By the way, loving family is a good de- is a good reason to kind of defend Picard season two. Because there's, there's mm, no yes. scenes on the yes. bridge. Agreed. There's no space travel. It's just a story at uh, La Bar, France. I love it. Okay, yeah. I'm going to start using that. Put that in my holster. <laughs> okay. All right. So it's me. Round three. My round three pick. All right. I picked this one because of one single image. I couldn't get out of my head mm. of one of our favorite characters just immersed in stargazing. And so I, and I couldn't think of what episode it was. And I finally remembered. And then I did some research and I watched the episode. I said, I'm picking this five words in a hashtag literal nonstop Odo gazing hashtag the Omarian Nebula. And this is the search DS nine season mm-hmm. three, episode one, where Odo gets uh, it's Odo's search for his home after he's relieved of his duties, basically by the Federation at the start of season three. And I just remember this image of him staring at a chart star chart in deep space nine and saying what is that and i thought oh, it's gonna be a good a good moment so you know odo was found in the D- denorius belt i just love saying denorius belt and i love thinking I love about it's the denorius belt <laughs> so so that was a couple of years prior and now you know we've always known he's like this salmon swimming upstream trying to at some level he's going to return to his home and watching the search again 
there's this moment where the whole crew is in the Gamma Quadrant on the Defiant for the first time. It's the first episode of the Defiant. And they've got the the Karama uh, guy there who is going to help try to point them towards the founders. And he puts a map up on the screen and Odo just zeroes in on it. What is that? What is that place? The Omarian Nebula, and he can't stop talking about it, thinking about it the rest of the episode. This is the Kalanon system. The Dominion maintains an unmanned subspace relay on the seventh planet. We have been told by the Vorta to direct all communications there. Where the messages are sent after that is not our concern. What is that? It is the Omarian Nebula. The Omarian Nebula. Just that one image is is what I'm picking. It's the Kalanon system, and they kind of talk about the different planets, and then they end up going there and getting attacked, and Odo steals a runabout with Kira, or escapes in a runabout, and then just keeps going there to the Omarian Nebula. And I just love this moment, and I thought it was like it's just a literal stargazing for Odo, and it's always it's always been stuck in my head. So, uh, Jen, what's your take on this one, Odo? Oh, getting home. What a lovely moment! This never would have occurred to me. It, it's like this this pull towards home is is like intrinsic inside him. Yeah, you know, it's just, which is just so cool. Especially like you said, he was just found floating amongst the stars in the Den- right. in the Denorius <laughs> belt. <laughs> God, I got to say it too. <laughs> you know, but like like that's he he came from the stars, you know, and, and now he's going to find where he, he was, you know, he's from before that. And it, but it's just also just inside him, just even just, gosh, just seeing that chart and being like, that's it. That, that, that's the one. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's just so beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful moment and a great episode. That's, that's a good deep cut. I love it. Yeah. It's a great thread for, for Odo getting home. Uh, Swapna. I am so glad someone picked this one because I thought about it a lot and oh, I didn't awesome. because of exactly does this, the emotion like Odo is a man of like reason, a man of logic in a lot of ways. And this is an emotional journey for him. And it's a very like personal, emotional journey. And so I'm so glad this got picked. I love this two-parter. I think it's so good. Yeah, it's really, it does. It accomplishes so much. It's uh it's awesome. All right. I'm glad somebody else thought of that because I know it was, it was a little bit off the beaten path, but I just, I, that image is always it's an, yeah, it's very powerful in my head and, with Odo. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Let's go to round two. Jen, what do you got? Okay. Round two pick. The window of dreams, literally. Hashtag nosebleed seats are still in the stadium. This is Prodigy season one, episode seven, first contact. Oh, yeah. And the reason I'm picking this is because we see where Dal came from before he was at Tars Lamora. Uh, he lived on this on this sh- on this Ferengi Marauder. Uh, and he had a room under the engine with a little porter porthole where, where he could look out and see the stars. And that that image, that's just like that yeah. gets me. Yes so much but the reason like when he okay so my my five words of the window of dreams is because we we hear about the window of dreams in three episodes of star trek body and souls where we first in voyages where we first hear about the window window of dreams um 
you know, the cap, the captain who tries to romance the doctor in Seven's body <laughs> talks about the window of dreams and how it's the most <laughs> beautiful thing in the quadrant. You know, it's it's apparently it's a pulsar cluster in the Delta Quadrant. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. And it's 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 uh, apparently has electromagnetic fields that make sounds when it vibrates against the the hull, you know. So. But uh, but anyway, so then so the window of dreams is what it's called in, in Voyager. And then we see it again in Prodigy. Lost and found the first episode Mm -hmm. and Dal tells Gwen about one of the things he saw, you know, how he's been, he's been there and he's been out and seen the stars and he's saw the window dreams, the most beautiful thing he's ever seen, you know, and when he, and when you're watching him in Lost and found, you think, wow, this guy had like a really, you know, cool badass life before he got stuck in Tars Lamore, you know, like doing all this exploring and, and, um, and then, and then, but then when you see where he was in first contact, you know, he's got this little porthole and you can just imagine, you know, young, younger, even Dal looking out this porthole and seeing this beautiful pulsar cluster and, uh, you know, and, and just, and stargazing and dreaming. And it's just, it's just, it, it, it's a lovely stargazing moment. And it's also just a lovely moment about these kids where they start it and where they belong, you know, in Starfleet. And it's just, it just gets me every time when we see that window. The window of dreams thing. I didn't know that was a connection to body and soul from Voyager. That's so cool. I'm going to have to do a body and soul uh, lost and found for contact, (laughs) which I can do now since we finally have Prodigy back. Oh my gosh. It's uh, the final second half of the season. It's finally available for digital (laughs) downloads. A uh, fantastic pick. I love this, especially thinking about that little portal in the window and yeah. where he was raised. I love Dal. Uh, fantastic deep cut pick, Swapna. I love this pick. I love it for many reasons. And I think, Jen, you and I probably had a very similar reaction to him. Mm-hmm. Like the idea of him yeah. looking at that porthole, like as a parent, like it's as a yeah. parent, it just like, it like, it like immediately just makes me want to cry. And it makes my heart like, right. like just, it's like, I don't, it's, it's hard to, you know, it's just this like primal, like instinct to want to protect him because it's just this right. little, little space, you know, and he, you know, he deserves better and all these kids deserve yeah. better. And like, yeah, I um love this pick. Love it. So good. So good. Okay. Uh, Swap. Now what's your round two pick? My round two, five words teaching us about star science. Hashtag go Dr. Crusher. This is Suspicions, TNG, six, season oh, six, yeah. episode 22. Now, this is kind of a deep cut for this topic. I love I this. A lot of stuff. And I love stuff. this episode. It's yeah. one of my favorite Next Generation <laughs> episodes because it's the episode that taught me about stars. It taught me about oh. like the layers of a star. What is the corona of a star? It's the outer atmosphere. Oh, and that cool. kind of that kind of led me, like when I was young, led me on a journey. Like, what do you mean a star has atmosphere? How does a star have atmosphere? Oh, you know, oh, you know, like I didn't know, you know, until then I started like reading books on it and looking into it. Oh, Jupiter is actually a failed star. And the only thing that separates like a Jupiter from a star is that it doesn't have enough mass to start thermonuclear fusion at its core. And so like, that's how this works. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's how, what? That's how stars burn. And so that led me on this like journey of science, this episode. And so I absolutely love it. Um, So I included this more for the science than for the emotional connection. But I just, I think it's such a cool, um, you know, I think it's such a cool 
story for the, you know, for anyone who doesn't, you know, remember this episode, Dr. Crusher's relieved of duty at the beginning of the episode. And it's kind of told in flashbacks as she's explaining to Guinan what happened. And basically she hosted a conference with uh, a bunch of like scientists and one of them, Dr. Rega was a Ferengi and which I love this depiction of Ferengi. I think it was the first time we saw um, on next gen, something other than like the stereotypical Ferengi. Um, and uh, he's murdered and she um, is convinced it's for his technology, which is a, well, which would allow a starship to shield itself and enter the corona or the outer atmosphere of a star. Um, and so she's convinced that's why and like risks everything to uncover what really happened. And I love her in this. Uh, my, I don't think we got enough great Dr. Crusher episodes, but I'm so glad we have this one. I just learned so much from Swap that you have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. Um, this is fantastic pick. It makes it uh, so so good. I just I love it so much that you learn. This is the impetus for you to learn so much more. Uh, Jen, what's your take? On yeah, that's amazing, Swapman. That's really cool. Uh, I th- I think this is one of Beverly Crusher's uh, finest hours. Uh, I I I love this episode. It's it's great. It's a great mystery. It's great science. I love the fact that, as you said, it's a Ferengi scientist. And and for me, watching this episode, that opened my mind. I was like, oh, what does a Ferengi scientist look like? What does what does a Klingon scientist look like? Oh, you know, right. All, yeah. like? all these different cultures. How do they science differently than than we would? You know, like it's it's just very cool. It's a, it's, a, it's a great idea. You know, to get all these different cultures together and and try to try to solve this 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 engineering problem it's very cool and i it's such a great underrated episode it's so cool and now i'm appreciating it i love the way it connects with uh descent as well and the things we see Beverly yes doing exactly there. yeah exactly. It's, it's, yep. this is classic some of that tng connective tissue between the episodes yes. so okay we are going to stay in tng for my round two pick I have picked this episode a lot because I love it, but I'm going to do it again. So this pick is the one I've kind of teased it before. It's about mapping stars and figuring out how they relate to each other and trying to navigate them and features one of the old, my all time favorite kind of engineers solve it by talking to the computer and tapping a console and asking it questions. And uh, I'd love those kind of scenes. So I'm really curious swapping if any of this is legitimate when I talk about this, uh, some of this techno babble. Here we go. Five words and a hashtag. Gravitational values derive stellar objects. Hashtag techno babble stargazing. It is TNG season three, episode 25, Transfigurations. And there is a scene between Data and Jordy. So this is the episode where they find this John Doe character. <laughs> they don't know. He's kind of emerging and and changing into something and he has, he's, has amnesia. They're trying to figure out where he came from. So they have this weird piece of technology from his ship and they're trying to plug it into the enterprise computer and kind of map the stars to figure out where he came from. And I just, I love it. It's got this, it's this classic, oh, by the way, this episode starts with the classic TNG mission to chart an unexplored part of space. It's literally the first lines from the log from uh, Picard that, hey, we're charting an unexplored part of space, which is <laughs> always just the best. Captain's log, stardate 439.57.2. We are charting an unexplored star system within the Zeta Gallus cluster. 
This routine assignment has made for a refreshingly quiet time aboard the Enterprise. So I don't have it all specifically, but there's like G-type stars and pulsars and gravitational shifts and all this kind of classic Trek techno Bible that I think is kind of legitimate, right? Most yeah, of that? I think so. Right. I, I don't remember the exact stuff, but you know, all so that is legitimate. Yeah, everyone's gonna need to go watch this scene because I know no one remembers it. But so they're just sitting at the monitor on the bridge and they're trying to figure out this contraption from John Doe's ship, and there's some kind of RNA sequence or something. But the data's like, you know... We've determined that the storage capsule from John Doe's escape pod contains navigational information. Can you match these stars to our charts? Computer, run transformational matrix calculations. Match navigational reference to known stars in this sector. Information on this sector is incomplete. No correlation. I'm not giving up yet. Not after coming so close to cracking this thing. You know... That might be flight path information from John's ship, but without a frame of reference, I can't determine its origin points. Computer, assume those paths are course corrections and derive gravitational values for stellar objects near those flight paths. Most of these are ordinary G-type stars. This would appear to be a neutron star, possibly a pulsar. Which means that this might be a rotational time reference. Computer, assume these symbols are pulsars. Translate associated values into standard temporal notations. Computer, is there a pulsar with a rotational period of 1.5244 seconds within sensor range? Affirmative. Bingo. Now, computer, overlay navigational chart using referenced pulsars and project a flight path back to its origin. Flight path originated at bearing 003, mark 015. Assume these symbols are pulsars, translate associated values into standard temporal notations, and the computer comes up with affirmative. We have a map, and it shows this map through the stars, and they figure out what planet this guy has come from. And I just freaking love it. It is so pure TNG, just these characters talking to the computer, and it's just, it's the most just engrossing drama. <laughs> I don't know how they make this. Like It's like Shakespeare. It is just, I love these scenes. I love these moments. Just two characters, L cars and a bunch of science uh, mapping the stars. Jen, do you remember this one at all? Yeah, I, I, well, the only reason is because when you picked it last time I was on, I made a mental note to rewatch this episode. <laughs> Did I really? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know it was the last topic? time. It was, it was a long time ago. Yeah. I can't remember what you picked it for. Well, I definitely, I did pick John Doe for one of my hottest, uh, uh, male characters. I um, was not on that one, but I just, did, I just did that. That's like, how dare? Yeah, uh, right? that was like six years ago, by the way. Anyway, um, sorry, keep but but I I love I love the scene because I love I love the idea of them just finding these these fingerprints, these landmarks, yeah. and getting to 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 reconstruct like like the I'm very interested in the forensic science aspect of that. Like that's so neat. That's to me so i love that and i love me some good techno babble it's a yeah. great pick classic swapna totally memory. agree and like i live for the techno babble like i'm <laughs> i was the kid who like had my little technical manual while like while i was watching the show and would like look up things and be like how does that work what does that mean and i love that like even if it doesn't make a ton of sense there's always an internal logic to how they did these things like you know like the transporter has a heisenberg compensator and that's yeah. not 
really as far as we know in physics and it's working fine but they just but they just put in a (laughs) compensator for the heisenberg uncertainty principle because that's their solution and that works that works for me and like i love it i love that 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 amount of thought went into it how does the heisenberg compensator work it works fine (laughs) yes exactly Um, exactly (laughs) by the way the i'm just looking at my notes so after they get all these kind of triangulating the the map Jordy says, computer, is there a pulsar with a rotational period of 1.5244 seconds with a sensor range? <laughs> yes, that's says, actually good science. Yeah. Yes, and that's good science. <laughs> oh, yeah. good. Pulsars oh, are, do, yep, have, do have rotational periods. That's, uh, yep, there that's, you go. That's right. So that's real. Oh, my God. That's, actually that's real because pulsars always. are types of neutron stars. So even when you're like, it could be a neutron star or a pulsar. Yeah, that would make sense because People. a pulsar is a type of neutron star. Yeah. People, I am learning so much. That's amazing. Okay, round one. Begin round one. Here we go. Jen, what's your number one stargazing moment? Okay, my number one pick. Call when you get there. Hashtag, I will watch the stars for it. This is Discovery Season 2, Episode 14. Such Sweet Sorrow Part 2. So good. This is Spock scene Michael signal that she's made it to the future. Okay. Oh my God. You're made me cry. And, oh my me God. Too. This, I'm got, this, I got chills. That's just shows you how good this series oh, is. So how this good. is going to be part of our Star Trek history. I got chills. thinking. About season it. two so of good. discovery is just phenomenal. Super. I mean, the whole show I love, yeah. but like season two has a special place in my heart. Oh, great. Pick. And yeah, so they had, you know, they're, it's, it's it's also a really good season finale because it's very exciting. There's there's every you know there's there's space battles and there's science yeah. and there's yeah. heart and there, you know there's romance. There's you know, it's got everything. Um, yum yum. But <laughs> yum yum. <laughs> <laughs> Love none. But uh, yeah. So but this is this is you know the the angel the red angel. They knew there were seven signals that you know, but the, only six had been used, and and they 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 figured this out that. Um, so, so originally Spock was going to be on the discovery for their trip through, through the porthole or whatever, worm, whatever wormhole, I guess she opens up a wormhole and, uh, but, but his well, it's definitely not a porthole. It's either a portal yeah. or portal. Port. <laughs> I'm still thinking Jen. about uh, uh you're still thinking uh, about Dolls, prodigy, Dolls. I know. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so but he can't make it back to discovery, so he's not gonna be able to go to the future, yada yada. But um, but that but they have this 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 just this wonderful, wonderful heart-to-heart talk. You know, she's this is the last advice I'll ever be able to give you, you know. Oh. And and but but she uses the imagery of stars too, because she's uh, when she gives him the advice, she says, "There's a whole galaxy out there full of people who are, who will reach for you. You have to let them." And and just knowing that or she's talking about Kirk, nobody knows it yet, but she's talking about Kirk. And uh, it's just, it's just a beautiful, beautiful moment between a brother and a sister. And and it's also it's it's pretty cool time travely stuff when they realize, oh, that's what the seventh signal is. It's me. I'll, I'll sending it, you know, through through the wormhole. Uh, when we get to the other side, you know, and he says, I will watch the stars for it. And, oh, and just beautiful. the beautiful moment when we, when we see it, we get, we get, um, we get a Spock personal log, uh, which is 124 days since, since she left. And you could, you know, by the way, he's, he, he, he talks about, he can tell that he's been looking for this star, you know, for the signal the whole time. And, and he's Beardo Spock here. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. But, but you can tell that this, this is the moment when he decides to move on and, and, you know, physically that that's manifest with him, him shaving and going to the bridge. But, um, 
but they finally see the signal, you know, number one says, says, you know, as has found the signal and God, he just, this is Ethan Peck's being Spock so perfectly, just looks at it so spockily, you know, like he's like with no emotion, but for some reason you can still tell that it's simmering underneath him. Like, like just the, the, the relief of seeing the signal. Um, it, it's, he just, he, he's just amazing in this, this bridge scene. And, and he, he says, you know, you know, he's very Spock about it. He says, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to run the analytics, you know, and, uh, and then the, he, he can move on and they can move on and, and the enterprise hit, you know, Pike says hit it. And, you know, and Spock's like, let us see what the future holds. And Incredible. it's just, it's just a wonderful, clo- wonderful closure for him and Michael and a very, very, um, very interesting family relationship and, and a, an important moment for Spock. You know, but Michael's a very important relationship for Spock, and it, and it's so cool that the way they do it, and the, and it just gets me every time. The most incredible thing about this pick right now, and I'm going to set off another uh, black alert here, just because we, we said it before. This is episode is current through Lost in Translation from Strange New Worlds, season two. Black alert! Black alert! Where Spock meets Kirk meets. for the first time. Oh my yes. god! So, so they literally Chills. happened. What that this scene? What this scene is about? This Kirk moment and the watching mm-hmm. for Michael and the importance of her and his life. And now it just happened. Oh my god! What a pick! So good. You totally made up for your false prophets pick. <laughs> <laughs> I love, <laughs> I love it. What's your I love this pick. Um, I love it. I this is okay. like this episode is one of my favorites. I think of all time. You know, like Pike saying, you know, goodbye, my friends, yes. my family, uh, which like is kind of a cheesy line. And in the mouth of someone less talented, right. it wouldn't have worked. But it works. Like I just like tears, tears. Like right. I love this episode. I think it's such yeah. a good. I think it's such a nice pick. Um, and I, it's a it's. Just God, this season, season two of Discovery. I'm gonna have it's to so rewatch good. it after my Voyager rewatch is done. Now I'm realizing because it was so good. It's kind of a cheesy line that I absolutely love. Yes. Every second <laughs> of it. It's perfect. Yes. By the way, I got to see this at a screening on a big screen. Oh my God. This episode on a big screen, people. I mean, oh my God. You talk about a motion picture experience. Wow. It's yes. A, it's a it's a classic. Okay, fantastic. Swap now. What's your round one pick? Mine is my five words are salvation found through the stars, hashtag searching for something better. And I'm doing new trek as well for my first pick. We're talking about Ad Astra Perespera, yes. Strange New Worlds, season two, episode two. Yes, um, this is, um, and it's funny because this is not like a traditional stargazing pick, but. Uh, it is um, it, the title of the episode Ad Astra Per Aspera is, you know, it's the motto of Starfleet. Exactly. It's to the stars through hardship or my favorite, probably not 100% accurate translation of it is it is a hard road to the stars. Um, and that's, you know, I'm, yeah, you, you know, I'm a space reporter. I'm part of the space community. Um, and one thing I love is, you know, I get really passionate about is like our space history. And it's an emotional thing when I think about the people who died for us to get to the stars and, you know, at, you know, NASA Kennedy space center at, um, on a plaque at launch complex 34, which is where the Astro Apollo one astronauts died 
there's a memorial plaque that says ad astra Perispera, and the quote is in memory of those who made the ultimate sacrifice so others could reach the stars and una says uh, like this and like so this was like a huge moment for me like i was like bawling during this episode and una says like this is the this motto it's why she joined starfleet um you know not only would the star satisfy her curiosity and her need for exploration but it promised her salvation and that's what the stars have meant to me and that's what science and understanding have meant to me over my life and that's why you know that's what star trek has meant to me too and you know that's why i picked it it's this like perfect mix of like the science of it of you know who she is the science of who she is and what she is and the genetically modified and, you know, finding where she fits and finding salvation through the stars. And, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, Lath, this is such a great pick. It's so emotional. It's all about, I mean, the the stranger worlds. And I'm a little tongue-tied because, uh, Papa, you don't know this, but January 27th, 1967 is the day uh, the Apollo 1 athletes died. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that's the day I was born. So. Woo! man yeah, oh, yeah. So that's I feel I have like I feel like this yes. weird kind of oh shit that's the same day that's a weird thing to have so god this pick is so good it's such a great episode it's playing out through strange new worlds season two as we as we see it ah so much emotion Jen mm-hmm. what's your take on this oh yeah what a beautiful pick it's a hard road to the stars I love that uh translation of it too that's that's just yeah and that and that that even goes like like we, when I talked about first flight, you know, they have, you have to go through all that. You have to go through the tests that fail and, you know, and, and, and people giving, you know, are giving their lives to, to, to make these, yeah. these things happen. And just what, what a, what a wonderful pick. I love it. I, I love it. And by the way, Jen's dog is named Luna. So it's very appropriate. For, <laughs> for Sorry if you keep so. hearing her. <laughs> no, we love she Luna. Does. I love it. Okay. This is going to be an emotional first round. My pick's super emotional. Honestly, I think it's one of my favorite picks ever. I, I'm not sure how this one came to me. It hit me when I was brainstorming. It's super small and quiet scene. Super poignant. Uh, and I may get emotional talking about it. So it's a scene t- for me that makes... Carbon Creek, an all time mm-hmm. classic. So, five words and a hashtag. At dusk, you can see hashtag Sputnik with the naked eye. And it's Carbon Creek, Enterprise oh Season God. 2, Episode 2. And it's Tamir and Young Jack Ugh. discussing astronomy, the stars, and Sputnik in this real short, quiet, simple two hander scene where Jack kind of, he's the son of the bar owner. Uh, Maggie, and he interrupts Tamir, who's meditating in the bar alone, and they start just talking about the library and reading. And he says, "You know, I just go to the library. I just pick up any book just to just to read, just to get knowledge. You know, he doesn't care what the topic is. He just wants to read." And it's just it's such a cool scene. And then they kind of start talking about astronomy, and you know, Tamir's saying, "Yes, I have a shared interest in astronomy." And he just gets excited and he says, you know, at dusk, you can see Sputnik with the naked eye because it's, you know, it's just taking place in the 50s. And he says, maybe I can show you. <laughs> Tamir says, I've seen it already. <laughs> which I, love. <laughs> I love this whole thing. So that is stargazing to me. It's being awed by achievement and reach, you know, and expanding what we know. And it's perfectly encapsulated in this scene in Carbon Creek. What about you? What do you like to read? 
I have an interest in astronomy as well. Oh, really? Did you know that uh, minutes after dusk, when the sun is just right, you can see Sputnik with a naked eye? Maybe tomorrow I could show you. I've seen it already. It's amazing, don't you think? Well, I'll let you get back to your meditating. It was nice talking to you. And you. And of course, the kicker, of course, is that Tamir then leaves and is motivated to help this kid get to college when she finds out he doesn't have enough money and sells her Velcro to an inventor. It's all just so beautiful. <laughs> it's at Star Trek, right? Uh, Jen, what's your take on this one? Oh, this is this is one of the best episodes ever, isn't it? <laughs> it's so um, for everything you just mentioned. But but yeah, like 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 the being awed by the the advancements, like whether it is like whatever the new Vulcan technology is or if it's just a simple satellite sputnik you know it's it's just it's all part of it and and it's something inside all of us and gosh we've talked a lot about a lot of characters that had 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 it difficult and and looked to the stars you know um and i don't think that's a coincidence right and oh gosh it's that's such a perfect pick i love it yeah swapna Totally agree. I love this is a great episode. I think it's like a one of the all time classics. And I think it it just it has a lot of heart, which is like, it's like funny to say that about a Vulcan ep- like centered episode, because you, <laughs> right. you feel like these cold, you know, but it, it like, it's just it has so much heart. And I love it. So, so good. All right. That was fantastic. Let's get into some secondary systems picks. Jen, what just missed your list? Let's see what you can do with the secondary systems. Okay. The one that I was really sad I couldn't pick is uh, Enterprise Fusion. And this is the one where where Archer had his textbook, his first textbook of Johnny, Admiral Johnny Archer. And and he's so excited because he's actually going to get to see the Arachnid Nebula in person. It's like, look, it's in my book. I read this book when I was little and, and dreamed about it. And now I'm going to get to see it, you know? And I just, it's just, I mean, what a beautiful moment of, of, you know, why, you know, what it means to, to, to want to see the stars. And I just love that moment. Uh, that was my deepest, my hardest cut. That's really deep. Um, my other one, uh, Oh, we got it. We got a shout out to Rain Robinson. How do we not shout out to Rain Robinson, one of the best oh, astronomers? Yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> yes. I didn't have her Ever. on my list. <laughs> SETI astronomer, Rain Robinson. Um, What's your line? The greatest show under the stars. Hey, uh, I do the planetarium show Tuesday nights. So uh, you guys should come by, check it out, bring your friends. The best stars in Hollywood are right above us. <laughs> Right, right. Uh, also, oh, just the the last shot of what you leave behind with oh, yeah. Jake and Kira looking mm-hmm. at the wormhole, mm-hmm. and then they flip it like they, they then they pan it. back, and then you're stargazing at yeah. at you know the, at Deep Space Nine and further out and further out and further out, and it's just it's just so lovely. That's it's just perfect. A lovely, lovely moment. And then my last one is I was flipping the. Uh, the uh, meaning of stargazing around too. And I was thinking about Boimler being excited to meet Tom Paris, <laughs> <laughs> which is, will never not be funny to me. Luna likes that one too. Sorry. Uh, so good. So good. Tom Paris. I just want to tell you, I'm your biggest fan. Kazon. Tom Paris. Oh, Kazon. Tom Paris. Can I just say that I'm a really huge fan? And I don't play for you. <laughs> Swap. No, what's on here? What just missed your list? 
I had a, f- a couple. Um, Deep Space Nine, season three, episode 22, Explorers. Oh, I yeah. love this episode. It's just a very low tech episode. That's stargazing. Yeah. Um, Jake and Ben Cisco so like build this like so ancient Bajoran like solar sail ship. And they like it is, it is, it's just it's 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 such a cool low you know low-tech episode that's just about like them being in space and you know there's a lot of personal stuff between them i think um if i remember correctly it's been a while but that's when jake tells benny you know wants to be a writer and like like cisco's been looking forward to this trip with his son for a long time and jake doesn't really want to go at the beginning and like it's just it's it's great it's like that mix of again of like science and like personal stuff that star trek does so well um, another one for me is Voyager season six episode. I think it's eight, which is uh, one small step. Oh yeah, yes. Earth. How did I think of that? Yeah, oh, and that's God. I love I I love this episode. I love like it 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 it, it it's like checks my like early like space history box. Like I love that that callback, and I love this journey that seven of nine goes on where at the beginning she's like yelling at Chakotay for trapping them in this like spatial phenomenon. And by the end, she's risking her own life to like, to like save um, this guy's body and download all the logs because she, she, as she's listening to the logs, she's understanding like what it means and what the, what the emotional connection is to history and to space and all that. And it's just like this very, really, really good emotional journey. Yeah. And then my last one um, is another Voyager episode futures end because of the aforementioned, (laughs) Um, you know, and I love that they use Rain Robinson and I love that they use the Griffith observatory in this. Like that's really cool. I think that's just, that's just a very cool thing. And so, yes. Those were mine. Love going to the Griffith Observatory, mostly because it's where Rain Robinson is. <laughs> yes. Maybe I can get it's just so awesome. <laughs> okay. I have a few more that weren't mentioned. The, my my toughest cut I really wanted to include it was, was the gamesters of Treskelion with with Kirk talking to Shauna when he's uh, mm-hmm. they're out on their little yes. jog and he's and he's uh, trying to pick her brain about the providers and stuff. And he points to the sky and he talks about the flicker of lights and the stars and the suns and the planets. And I just love that scene. It's really good. Totally. Talk about cheesy. But uh, I love it. Also, I had the nth degree, which oh. was Barkley. Did that, that Argus array. The whole point of it is yeah. out there to look at stars. You know, the it's our their version of, of uh, the web telescope. So that was one. And then I'm going to do a couple of quick shout outs. So first, of course, Zeph from Cochran and his famous Star Trek shout out in uh, First Contact. <laughs> that's the other big major one that that's hard not to include in this show because it's such an iconic moment of him looking through the telescope and seeing the Enterprise. And then I love the incomplete Vulcan star charts, right? So the first season of Enterprise, they talk about the Vulcan star charts all the time and trips like... I don't like these Vulcan star charts. Takes all the fun out of it. But Archer <laughs> points out, you know, they're not exactly perfectly accurate because this thing here, they didn't have, they didn't have this thing. So I love that. That was mainly a reference in the Andorian incident. 
And then my last shout out, I'm doing it. The original Star Charts book by Jeffrey Mandel, which is maybe my all-time favorite Star Trek reference book. It's incredible. If you haven't picked this up, you need to find it. 2002, it's still surprisingly current. Like It's kind of what all the other series build off of in terms of trying to map all the different Star Trek locations into one big, uh, oh, actually, it's a small book. Uh, star charts and that so that cool. came out in 2002 that is not the stellar cartography book from 2013 which was uh no. <laughs> didn't really do much to add to that information so uh okay star charts jeffrey mandel pumping it up all right incredible so many deep cuts in this episode i love that so all right let's get into our regeneration cycle we're going to recap our pick and i'll run through some stats computer activate regeneration cycle alcoves beta and gamma Okay, Jen, run through your five picks. Okay, my number five pick was Enterprise's First Flight and the Robinson Nebula. My number four pick was Voyager's Night, just the vibes when they reemerge from empty space and see the stars again. Uh, my number three pick was Voyager's False Prophets. I'm sorry, <laughs> I think it's funny. The Song of the Sages and the Three New Stars that are actually photon bursts. Okay, Holy Pilgrim. <laughs> my number two pick, it was Prodigy's First Contact and Dal's portal, porthole window to the stars. <laughs> and, uh, and my number one pick was Discovery's Such Sweet Sorrow Part 2 and The Last Red Angel Signal with Spock. Fantastic. So you had two from Voyager, one from Enterprise, and then two new versions, Prodigy and Discovery. Swapna, how about you? Recap yours. My number five pick was Blink of an Eye, Voyager Season 6, Episode 12 for uh, for just the, the, whole, the whole thing really yeah uh four was star trek generations for stellar cartography three was family from next generation season four episode two number two was suspicions next generation season six episode 22 for star science and my first pick was ad astra prospera from strange new worlds season two episode two fantastic list you had three from tng and then one each from voyager and strange new worlds and my list Started with uh, the Undiscovered Country, Star Trek VI, and the signatures over the Starscape. My number four pick was Night, just like Jen uh, Voyager. Number three was Odo's Quest to Get Home in the Search, Deep Space Nine, and the Omarian Nebula. My number two pick was Transfigurations from TNG and Mapping the Stars. And then my number one was Carbon Creek Enterprise and that great moment where they talk about Sputnik and astronomy. Okay, I did try to keep a few stats here, not too successful, but we had one duplicate. And I tried to break these up. We had three, uh, seven picks that were characters actually looking at the stars. I'm not in, not including false prophets in that. Just, uh, <laughs> They're looking at <laughs> the, the big stars. Flim flam. It was a big flim flam. <laughs> And then we had three where they were looking, <laughs> three where they were looking at like screens, right? So it was about L cars or screens and maps. And then three picks that were kind of more educational or like a project, like uh, suspicions. And that's it. That was my breakdown. Okay. So hey, how many Ferengi episodes did we have? <laughs> oh, three. Uh, oh my god, we had three Ferengi episodes: suspicions, false prophets. 
What was the third one? And first contact. First, and first yes, it's on a Frangie ship. No, that's it so is. Good. That's so good. That's a, Fra- no, that's a Frangie episode. Wow, <laughs> three Frangie episodes and a stargazing <laughs> topic. I know. Something <laughs> went horribly wrong, people. I apologize. <laughs> we gotta start over. <laughs> We've made a huge mistake. <laughs> okay, for my breakdown for the series, we had we spread it around. Good, we had eight different incarnations. Uh, that got picks one each from TOS, Deep Space Nine, Discovery, Strange New Worlds, and Prodigy, two from Enterprise, and then leading the way with four each were TNG and Voyager. So, which actually makes a lot of sense because those two series really focused on the stars and exploration side of things. Fantastic. Unbelievable episode. I love this. All right, we're going to initiate a temporal inversion. Speaking of future's end, Starling, initiate that temporal inversion. It's time to hear from you. Initiate temporal inversion. Initiating. And for this week's temporal inversion, we are going back to episode 160 on our incredible show on top five hot messes. And I'm telling you, I was not expecting this episode to be so popular <laughs> because everybody apparently loves a good hot mess. And we got we got a couple of voicemails. So the first one we're going to play, this one's amazing. It's from a new listener. And it's fantastic. You got to listen to this, this voicemail. It's from Todd Kehoe, who is on Twitter at ALB Biz Research. And yeah, just uh, here it is. Hi, Jim. My name is Todd Kehoe. I'm a new fan of Trek Ranks who's been catching up on a lot of back episodes. I wanted to drop my own top five for your most recent Hot Messes episode. Mostly y'all talk characters, so I wanted to do a non-character list. So my round five pick, my five words, everywhere you look, hot mess. Hashtag, but Wesley can fix it. It's the Salkundi Drama sector from the TNG episode Pen Pals. Yeah, Pen Pals. The whole system's tearing itself apart, and we can see it up close on Drama 4 with volcanoes spewing lava in the background. Hot mess. My round four pick, my five words, don't let them promote you. Hashtag no captain, my captain. It's the Admiralty of Starfleet. These are supposed to be the best of the best of the Federation, and they rarely live up to it. To pick one episode, give me the Stars at Night from Season 3 of Lower Decks, which sort of offers the reasons to why all admirals seem to be lunatics. My round three pick, the Dabo round, my five words, it's exactly the same, but hashtag booby traps, zombie soldiers, and nerve gas. It's Mpok Nor, featuring one completely insane Garrick. My round two pick, my five words, fascist salutes and agony booths, hashtag all hail Empress Sato. It's the mirror universe, which is a great sci-fi concept, but I'm also not sure how well your empire would hold up if every crew has spent their missions plotting how to murder their superior officer. And my round one pick, my five words, to quote Seinfeld, they just write it off. Hashtag Paramount Minus. It is, of course, Paramount Plus for their giant middle finger to Trek fandom for dumping Prodigy off their streaming service. I was lucky enough to finish it in time, but that's just a lousy way to treat Trek. No thanks, Paramount. No thanks. Anyway, love the show, and as always, steer clear of those hot messes. Okay, fantastic list from Todd. I mean, I love he picked all situations, so no characters. So like, so the plant, the volcano planet, and pen pals. That's brilliant. Oh yeah, all, all admirals being a hot mess. Yes, <laughs> yes, of course they are. <laughs> and of course he hit a home run with his number one pick, Paramount minus losing Prodigy, hot mess. We're still hot pissed mess. off. So pissed off. <laughs> All right. Once again, those picks more than enough to clear ourselves from this week's temple inversion. So as always, I want to thank everyone for all your great responses to the Trek Ranks podcast. Keep your list coming to me at Trek Ranks on Twitter so we can retweet them. But we also want to hear from you. So put together your own list of top five stargazing moments 
or list from any of our past shows, give us a call to strike order transmissions at 609-512-5527, or you can just record it yourself. Send me a DM. We connect that way. So hopefully we'll hear from you so you can be featured on the next episode of Trek Ranks. And on the next episode of Trek Ranks, we are doing the top five Strange New World season two moments. We're at that point already. So we're about halfway through the season here for for us so jen and swapna if you had to choose one moment or episode or trend from strange new world season two what would it be jen i think so far i really would want to focus on paul wesley's kirk Mm -hmm. which is insane insane that it's insane stealing the season right um He's he's just such a done such a wonderful job. He, he's done such a wonderful job, and the writers have done such a wonderful job about remembering Kirk's like little uh, eccentricities and yep. things. You know, like the little character six, and he's and he studied his you know physical ones, and it's just it's just all come together in such a such a lovely way. He's it's it's wonderful, and my uh, I, I got to give a shout out to tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. With him and Laon and the kiss and the walking down. Okay, no, here's my pick. The the scene, <laughs> the, the hot dog scene. Where they're walking down oh, the pier yeah, in yeah. Toronto and there's hot so dogs good. and fun. But then also, oh, you can't see the sun in my universe. You know, like, it's just, oh my God, just so everything. Good. How can you not watch that scene? And how can you watch that scene and not fall in love with Captain Kirk? Especially right when he said he's going to go back and get a second hot dog. Yeah, I so love good. it. So good. Kirk likes to eat. Oh my God. Uh Swapna, how about you through half halfway through the season? Um, it's gotta be in charades where you spot kind of has a realization of how much his mother sacrificed. Oh yes. god, yes. Like God, so like Amanda's always been one of my favorite characters because I'm always super curious about kind of the like you know, like two identities, you know. Yeah, what a moment. Yeah. So like that, that's always, she's always been fascinating to me and I love what discovery and now strange new worlds have done with her character. I think they've developed her so much. They've given her such the, you know, the original portrayal of her is gives you so much and so little, like mm-hmm. there's so little of her, but she like, you know, dominates every scene she's in. But like, it's there, right? right. Yes. Yep. It's a, yep. you can tell there's a huge story there and yep. I feel like we're, we're, we've been getting it and I'm so happy, but like, yeah, I it's hard it hurts me not to pick at Astro Perspira because I think that is like an all-time great but just personally my favorite is that scene where Spock just realizes like how much his mom Perfect. gave up she's amazing in that episode what the, the part where, where she uh she straight face with a smile yes. grabs that Vulcan teapot and says, you know, I've learned to, yeah. you know, as, 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 as a human, I'm going to learn to hide my pain. And, and that is, that is just queen shit. I yeah. just love yes. her. So she's good. amazing. Well, oh, she's so perfect in that episode. That is going to be a great episode. I can't wait to get to it. Okay. Channel closed. Reset. Subspace communications. Scrambler code. Riker one. Scrambler code. Riker one acknowledged. All right. Let's close this episode out with a huge thanks to Jen Tiff and Swapna Krishna. Incredible to have you guys on for this incredible topic. Any final Trek Scrambler codes, either one you want to relay before we depart, Jen. Thanks for having me. This was such a great topic. This is what Star Trek's all about. I love it. Uh, Absolutely. Swapna, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. This was so fun. There's nothing better in life than talking Star Trek with your friends. This was lovely. Such a good time. 
word. And don't forget, everybody, pick up stargazing. Contemplate the cosmos to find inner peace. I love that subtitle. Oh, so good. To get it exactly right. <laughs> I can't wait to get my copy. All right. And finally, I just want to thank everyone for engaging with us again here on episode 163 of the Trek Ranks podcast. As always, I want to close by saying I'm looking forward to standing with you again here in this place where I belong. He's still out there. Dreaming about starships and adventures. getting late. Yeah. But let him dream. Just want to remind everyone again that the entire Trek Ranks catalog is available for you to download and listen to at trekranks.com and on your podcast player of choice. Our episodes never get carbon data, so check out the topics you've missed and maybe just want to listen to again over at trekranks.com. And a reminder to check out our friends Five Year Mission at fiveyearmission.net. They're writing a song for every episode of Star Trek, and you won't believe how great their music is. They also have a podcast at the Trek Geeks Network, so seek them out. You won't regret it. heading, Captain. Second start of the ride. And straight on till morning. 